This week on Erotic Awakening, impact versus intent, oral pleasure, and fish on booze. We'd like to thank our latest Patreon supporters, Angela and Tammy and Mike. We enjoy creating and recording this podcast and hope you enjoy listening to them. When you become our patron, it gives us the chance to apply more energy towards creating. For as little as a dollar a month, you not only support the podcast, but can get access to special content. Head over to patreon.com slash eroticawakening to take a look at the options. And regardless, thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dom. Hi, Dan. This week on the podcast, we have a fantastic interview with the uh, Sir pe- Luke. Thank you, Sir and Luke his and his victor. victor that we met at, or that we encountered again at the Leather Leather Leadership Conference mm-hmm. in the Atlanta. I have a couple interviews from that. We have a couple other interviews from around and about when we've been running around, and we're going to get to those. But this particular one, so you and I actually had um, a really interesting conversation on the way to go get Chinese food at, okay. a, at a restaurant called Happy Buddha. Oh, yes, about yes, the difference yes. Sorry, between, it's been... Yes, it has been a couple of months at this point. Yeah, it's been a couple of months at this point. I'm like, Happy Buddha, which one? Where the hell were we at? Okay, track, 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 Atlanta. Right. Near the hotel. Okay, got it. <laughs> so this one was about the um, idea of impact is not as important. No, is more important, important than, than intent. intent. And you yeah. and I had quite the conversation about that. Oh, we had that. quite the discussion about that at and we the never, Happy Buddha. <laughs> yeah, and we never really got to a point where we were, you know, comfortable with coming to a, ah, a conclusion. Right. We never got an aha. We never mm-hmm. got a whatever. We were making judgments over what we thought they might be saying in their workshop based on the title. Mm-hmm. And instead of keeping guessing and instead of just throwing stuff out there, trying to make an opinion, but not getting anywhere, we decided to ask them. And we had a great, great interview with them. Mm-hmm. And actually I did have the aha moment. So when... did I. I have to re-listen to it again. <laughs> But before we get there, we have a couple. We have a question of the day. We have uh, furry weekends. We have audiobooks. We have discounts. We have all kinds of we stuff to PXS. get through. We have PXS. We have three weeks of podcast catch up to do. And you know what? We probably really should talk a little bit about PXS. Do you want to start there then? We, let's go ahead and start there. We usually start with the question of the day, but let's talk about PXS before we run out of time and start talking about other things and then forget we were going to talk about it, which happens. One of the things that, uh, <laughs> so PXS stands for Power Exchange Summit. It is a event here in the Columbus, Ohio that happens every May that focuses on power exchange relationships. There's no play space. It's um, it's about the relationships themselves versus the play around the relationships. And you and I ran it for the first seven years. And mm-hmm. this year we said, we're not running it this year. And we had uh, people that were on our staff last year speak up. They said, we're going to run it then. And they did. Right. So Prurient Gent and Raven Witch. So they ran it this year and we went as presenters and vendors. So and, and, and attendees. And it was fantastic. I got oh, to play absolutely. two board games, which I never get to do at our events because you're too busy running around. Mm-hmm. I got um, to chat with people and vend our books and just not have to be anywhere because usually if I'm running an event and someone's like oh can I talk to you for a little bit or they're a fan of the podcast or whatever I'm like I'd love to talk with you can you just run along with me so they're right. running trying to keep up and talking and I'm having a conversation and trying to be somewhere and that 
you don't get great conversations that way. One of the posts that I saw post PXS on the old FetLife was titled, Why Weren't You There? And I tell you, I totally agree. I, uh, it was a fantastic. Mm-hmm. If, it if, really was. If your interest is in power exchange relationships, it is a one of a kind event. It is uh, open to all styles of power exchange. I was there with you as my slave. I had my boy there. And nobody looked at us like, oh, what the hell's going on over there? Because they mm-hmm. were all doing the same thing we were doing. Exactly. So, and everybody does it a little bit differently. So, we kind of, um, people just sit around and chat about the differences and how you do things and how you get through things. And, you know, it's, it's just a really awesome event. Yep. And I, I think they did a great job with it again this year. They did a little tweaking on it mm-hmm. to make it their own. And it went great. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to going back next year. So, so am I. And I did want to do a shout out. Um, you guys, we're not YouTubing this this time around, but when we're on YouTube, you usually will see a glass of tentacles in front of me sitting on the desk. And wow, it's from 2013. So I'm not exactly sure how long ago this was given to me, but um, Caspian from mm-hmm. Winnipeg. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So Caspian from Winnipeg was there, and I hope they don't mind me saying their name. And I'm like, I know you. I know, I know you. Uh, that mug the mug that's on my desk you gave me that mug at pxs and i was right so Mm -hmm. that's who's giving me the mug and probably about half of the tentacles that are in there so it was great seeing them again yeah yeah they came all the way down from winnipeg Mm -hmm. uh our friends tammy and mike who have been big podcast supporters not only uh friends of ours and i got to pick on uh them in the pod in one of our classes as well Mm -hmm. uh but also and they they are um were very generous in a donation that they made towards the effort of the podcasting, and that went to some fabulous stuff that I will tell them specifically, and not you, (laughs) rest of the podcast audience. Nice. So, well, I'm kind of glad. Well, I don't know if I'm glad we're not on YouTube this time around or not. You've changed the podcast studio again. So I'm trying to... I'm trying to see you over my <laughs> my microphone. I'm short, so I'm trying. Yeah, so fantastic time. And, and I apologize for all the other great people that we saw that I wrote down in my little book to say, oh, can't remember to forget to say, can't remember, can't forget to remember to say <laughs> hello to them. And, of course, I didn't bring my little book. Uh, again, uh, Raven Witch and Prorient Gent did a fantastic job of running that event. And everybody kept asking us how we were doing. So... And I think you and I kind of made a point to make sure we shifted our focus. Oh, absolutely. Walking in because I actually did pretty good. So they shifted it up. They tweaked it just enough to where it didn't feel, hmm, how to put this, it didn't feel like ours anymore. So they made just yep. enough tweaks to do that. They didn't change the format of it at all, right? So, you know, like they said, why well, fix something that's broken? So it's not broken. So right. they kept, you know, they kept all most of it the same but yeah they did just a few tweaks where it felt different enough that it was made it easier to step away yep absolutely and not feel like i had to have a clipboard with a list of things to do so good job guys so back to your other mentioned you mentioned that i've changed the studio around i'm hoping that we're going to hear some audio quality updates uh we are starting to and i apologize oh YouTube people, and we have like 125, 150 YouTube watchers. Hopefully, they're listening to the audio version of this. Uh, we are prepping to turn uh, our latest book, the Polyamory Toolkit, into a book. So, I've really made some modifications to how we record and how we sit and where the microphones mm-hmm. are, blah, blah, blah. So, we're working on our audio quality to get to that audio book. Uh, 
uh, what do you call it, um, narrating levels. Oh, yeah, narrating levels. So, And you know what else would be interesting is if, because we keep talking about making a living, living MS the next decade mm-hmm. sort of thing, and because um, this one's the first decade, I bet you if we turn that into an audible book, we'd realize we have a lot more to say on the topics now, and we could get a second book put out. <laughs> so I, lots I, of projects. You are correct. Uh, speaking of audiobooks, um, somebody reached out to us from a audio publishing boutique out of New Orleans. Uh, Mademoiselle is the name of the audio publishing boutique. They publish the dirtiest materials imaginable in the classiest way possible. And I am going to shove in some audiobook from them right now. Hang on, podcast listeners. Listen to this hot shit for about 30 seconds. That they were on vacation. And that she would make sure that her mouth was extra wet so he wouldn't have to use too much of his imagination. The nuns fondle each other when God's not watching. Both of them are getting moist and don't show any signs of stop. They lay on the pews and cut holes in each other's stocking. As soon as tongues start touching clits, morals start dropping. The priest. And there you go. Hopefully I remembered to put that audio blurb in there. I hope so. Otherwise, it's going to end up at the end of the podcast. Um, I'll get it in there somewhere or a link or something. Awesome. So question of the day. So, Dawn, uh, our question of the day is this. Uh, Somebody wrote us from, they are a listener to another podcast called Bad Girls Bible. Bad Girls Bible is a podcast we were recently recently guest on. And they found us via that, and they said they are interested in that BDSM community uh, they've tried things in the past, but um, they weren't really in situations where they were in a trust-filled situation and couldn't get that BDSM relationship they were craving. So the question of the day is, Dawn, how do you find people that are interested in the same thing you are when it comes to kinky shits? You don't want to get sucked into a dangerous situation, right? You want to find a respectable partner that's going to agree to your boundaries and uh, probably want to avoid those seedy hookups in the dark alley. So, Don, how do you find people to do the BDSM stuff with? I don't know. Do seedy hookups in dark alleys still happen? I, am, so, I, I, I don't know. So do people I, still I, get shit-faced in bars and make stupid eyes? Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm yeah. sure that so they do. So I'm sure it still happens. So, but no, what I suggest, and we were just talking to um, me and another guy at the meet and greet, at the AIS meet and greet Friday night. We were talking to a new guy. He had spotted the meet and greet and decided to come out, and we were telling him all kinds of ways of meeting new people. Mm-hmm. So, and first and foremost, good or bad or however you feel about it, FetLife is still the place to go. That's where people are advertising all their shit. So even if you don't get on groups there, even if you don't, you know, chat on there or whatever, it is where most of the kink events are. So, so yeah. are you saying to use FetLife like OkCupid to meet people? You can, but for me, I'd rather find out. I would recommend finding the events and going to the munches so and just meeting people in neutral territory. Mm-hmm. So munches are usually meetings at restaurants, and some, some will do it at bars, so they'll have sloshes at bars, but munches are usually at restaurants, and you just get to go in regular clothes and meet people as regular people and get to be known so that people will recognize your face and then maybe start going to parties. But some in some 
regions. You have to be vetted to go to parties. So you're going to have to go to munches. Mm-hmm. The femdoms around here, you have to be sponsored by somebody before you can go to the parties, which means you have to go to the munches and meet people. So, you know, that that's the I don't recommend. There's some other sites I would not recommend. Um, yeah, but that's that's the way to go. Like I said, regardless of how you feel about it, that's where everybody advertises their munches and yeah. stuff. If, if you're looking for that OK Cupid sort of dating site, Collar Space is still out there. Yeah. Not recommending or not not recommending it. I don't know anything. I it used to be Collar Me, and then I could have told you about it, but then it turned into Collar Space. Don't know anything about it. Might be great. Might be suck. But it is kinksters trying to meet other kinksters. Um, but that doesn't necessarily help you avoid the dark alley hookup or that, that the person you meet is going to be the person. The person on collar space isn't necessarily the person you meet in real life. Same as just thinking, okay, Cupid, any of those other things, right? Right. If you decide to join the FET life, then you are certainly going to have plenty of people reach out to you. And many of them will say, I'm a dominant and you're female, so kneel for me, slut. And those are people you generally want to stick away from because mm-hmm. they may not. Anybody that's not going to treat you respectfully via a social media site, assume they won't treat you respectfully in real life, too. Assuming they show up. Uh, yeah. In real life. I, <laughs> I personally don't show up. I'm going to agree with you on this one. The, the key is there's um, going to be munches, meetups, sloshes. Or you can also just come to, at least here in Columbus, they have our dungeon is open. Head on over, right? There is no, and I don't know any dungeons that are, whether it's here in Columbus, the Columbus space, or Chicago, or any of the other big places, that you have to show up and have to play, right? You pay your money, and if you want to sit on the, you know, uh, sit in a chair and just watch people all night, great, do that. What that does allow you to do is most of them will have some kind of social space where you can sit and get to know each other. Or you can just watch people play. And if you see somebody doing something interesting, when they're done, approach them and say, hey, I saw the way you were spanking that person. I wouldn't mind trying that sometime. Would, we, would you mind discussing that? Mm-hmm. What you'll find is that people that are playing in public, and again, all of these are generals. There's exceptions. But if somebody is playing in public already, they probably want to guard their reputation a little bit. So they're not going to be, they're not going to push your boundaries. They're not going to push, you know, too far. They're not going to be disrespectful. And if they are, there are people there that you can talk to and say, hey, this guy's like really coming on strong or this woman's uh, not respecting my boundaries, whatever it is that you want to do. So I'm with you on that one. Um, Find public gatherings. Anywhere where, you know, there's a public gathering I'm going to feel a little bit safer that the person showing up there has a little bit more of a interest in having uh, some level of respectability, some level of accountability. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's what I highly recommend. Even the big regional events, you can even go to those if you don't mind a full immersion sort of experience oh, yeah. and go go to the workshops and meet people. And, yeah, so there's all kinds of ways of doing that. Or That's what I recommend. Or come to one of the many events that Dan and Don are going to be at. Oh, yeah. You know us. We're friendly as fuck. <laughs> uh, for example, you come to Chicago uh, in October is Kinky College. Come to Indianapolis in September for GLA. GLA, yeah. You know, we're, we're out there. We If you're by chance in the Columbus, Ohio area, how we could introduce you to all kinds of people. Whatever your kink is, we know the guy or girl that does that. Absolutely. Unless it's something that, 
I bet there's an exception or two. I bet you there's an exception or two, but for the most part, and if we don't know those people, we know people that know people. Yeah. Right? So. Absolutely. <laughs> so what do you think? Head on over to our Facebook page, Erotic Awakening Podcast, all one word, and share your thoughts. Cosmo Girl 66 wrote just to say she's a fan. We love that. Always do that. And the Masked Llama wrote to say, so the Masked Llama, um, we spoke to about two years ago via the FetLife or some such. They are staff for the board game room at the Furry Weekend in Atlanta. They actually turned us on in some cool humiliation-based games that you can get via the old YouTube. Uh, so, Don, do you want to dig some humiliation games at our next Kinky and Geeky? We could try it. It's, depends what kind of humiliation. I like the sensual humiliation. I don't like the degradation humiliation. So it depends uh, what kind it is. We haven't done a podcast on that. Now, if you're curious what the difference between sensual humiliation and degradation is, you can look at our old podcast. Maybe we're about time to do another one. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked about that one. I have only done a little bit of degradation play with people. Um, Most recently, here at the Columbus Space. Yeah? Somebody had a sign on them. And I think it takes great courage to put a sign on somebody. And this isn't Mm -hmm. the most, this isn't at the formal BDSM where somebody had a sign on that says, uh, they had written things on them, slut, use me, that kind of thing. Right. That was hot. I didn't see that. I had to work most of it. But this was a situation where somebody had a sign on, like, I'm a filthy pig or uh, order me around or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did some degradation play with this person. I huh. told, you know, I told them to go get me a drink, which they did. and um, But they did it in a very lax- laxadamial manner. I have no clue what word you mean. And <laughs> somebody's going to write in and tell me what word that is. Um you know, and I said, oh, is that the way, you know, is that the way you bring a drink to somebody? And is that the way you reflect on your mistress and blah, blah, blah. It was, I, for the person that's leading that kind of play, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of courage. Just a complete stranger says, has a sign on that says, degrade me. And for you to step up and do that, you know, um, takes, for me at least, it takes courage. Yeah. Because I'm always afraid I'm going to hurt somebody. Right. Even though they're giving you this clear consent, it's what they want. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, they may, you know, they might have wanted me just to beat them with a stick, not pull, not grab a, uh, you know, make them get a drink for me. We have a baby bird in the podcast office that just jumped out of the wall. Oh, can you see it? I can see it. It's right there. Oh, let me pause this thing and you can go rescue it's it. It's definitely a baby. So it's happening. All right. Well, that was weird. That was really weird. Okay. Uh, we'll have a picture on Instagram as to what yes. just happened. <laughs> we need uh, to run a rescue mission. Bird got in, bird got out. Okay, so that was interesting. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. Cosmo Girl, uh, Mademoiselle Audio Publishing. Hey. Oh. oh, we were talking about humiliation for some reason. Yes. So, cool. And then um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that if you're a patri- patron of our Patreon, uh-huh. I just put out a link for um, our patrons to get discounted Kickstarter cards. Yes. So, and some people have hit us up on that. So, if you're wanting a deck of cards, why not sponsor us as a patron? And you get the cards at $14.99 plus shipping. Or pay $20. What do we care? Uh, it doesn't matter. Either way. Actually, we like it when you guys... And... Um, you know, I don't know if the the person that just bought a deck most recently, whose first his name starts with a K. I don't know if we're allowed to say their names on the podcast, so I won't. Okay. 
And awesome. if another bird comes in through that I war, don't know. I just heard I'm, something that sounded like it was a flutter. So. A podcast here. <laughs> want to tell people real quick, if you're in the Canada, if you're near the Windsor, the fourth annual Poly Picnic in the Park is happening. Come out and have some fun, engaging discussions, and family fun poly stuff. So, and it's actually a really great event. So uh, you and I have presented there before. Uh, Big D and his wife had presented there before. That was probably about two years ago. So um, that was off, off, awesome. So and they're uh, going to handle things like, and you know, what is polyamory? That kind of stuff's important. But now they're going to take a look at things like how do you raise a family with multiple partners and um, what practices have you put in place for the best of all involved. You can find out more about the Windsor Poly Picnic at bit.ly slash winpolypicnic2019. Awesome. So we can put that in the show notes, right? Because that's a little odd. That's happening on June 22nd of the 2019, by the way. Oh, that's the day we're teaching at Glee in Toledo, Uh or we would definitely head up there and do it. Yep. So Saturday, June 22nd. Check them out. Speaking of Instagram, the random bird of the day on Instagram. Oh, wait. <laughs> but the random Instagram follower is Z is Octopod. Ooh, nice. So find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day as Erotic Awakening. So you'll oh, see the picture of our little visitor we just yeah, had. You can. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff yet to come in the podcast, including that awesome interview. But first on Time to Play Truth or Dare... And I, I, actually, it's just truth this just time. Just truth this time? Okay. Yep. Are you going to go first? I will go first. Dawn. Okay. Yes, sir. What kind of porn did you last watch? What kind of porn did I last watch? Oh, my gosh. I actually thought of watching some last night and fell asleep first. Melatonin really works, by the way. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so the last I actually watched was probably... Um, what is it when they have the submissive in the middle of a room of people and everybody gets to use her? So that's oh, the that's last. That's kind of a humiliation. It uh, is a or humiliation. Gangbang. Gang yeah, well, it's not as much of a gangbang because it's not like it's all guys fucking her. They've got her tied up and zapping her and whipping her and fucking her. And yeah, so she just gets to be used by the room. Mm-hmm. So that was the last. So Very cool. What do I usually put in to the search engine to find that? It usually is like extreme humiliation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What is uh, Pornhub? Uh huh. Do we have a Pornhub account? I don't know. I go in as a guest. Yes. I, no, we don't. I was just checking. <laughs> see if this, what, no, I have not paid for it. I go okay. in as a guest. So, but yeah, they got some really well, hot stuff on there. Very cool. What's the last you've watched? I have a uh, a new boy running around the house. And a while ago, I said, you know, what? what's your, uh, what are those lists? What do you like? What do you not like? Oh, what some you, sort of what checklist. What's your experience with, with all the different kinds of play? What kind right. of porn do you watch? And they said, oh, I like this and this and this. And I said, send me some links. And I, so they sent me some links. Um, I'm trying to remember last one. The, I, I, the one that is sticking out in my head. Um, I'll tell you, there's one sticking out in my head, but I just realized, you know what, I, that would be not. That would be outing them a little bit? Yeah. Okay, so but, um, probably not good to say. But y- you gave that same mm, command or suggestion or whatever to Kaya too uh-huh. and that's how me and Kaya figured out we like some of the same kind of porn mm-hmm. <laughs> so that works so awesome I'm a okay. big fan of um, the reason I like it when people share what kind of porn they watch is if it's the last thing that they watched because when you watch porn the chances are you're doing it 
clearly just for yourself. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a intimate thing that you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. you, this is what turns me on. It's not right. like what I want the world to know turns me on. Right. Um, so when somebody shares, oh, well, I was watching um, three guys and a chair porn, then uh -huh. that says, wow, well, now you've shared something intimate about yourself. True, true. Big D has no problem telling me what kind of porn he watched last, <laughs> so it's okay. All right, so Dan, what's the least sexy thing anyone's ever said to you while trying to be sexy? I think I'm pregnant. What? No. <laughs> That's not true, but it's what comes to mind. Um, does my butt stink? No. No. Oh. Um, I, I, I cannot recall a specific, but I feel like there was, oh, by the way, we need to talk. Oh, no. Yeah. At the beginning of an intimate session. Yeah. You know? and um, That's a turn off. Now, challenging. But it, says, but it says while trying to be sexy. Oh. Yeah. So what's the least sexy thing anyone's ever said to you while trying to be sexy? Oh, while trying to be sexy. Um... You're almost as big as my last partner. <laughs> I can't really think of anything. I don't know, and I don't know how to answer it either. So, yeah. um, probably something like, "Do you like my fuzzy belly?" Or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I tell you, I will out. Um, so people ask me. So they say, Dan, what's the difference between a boy and a submissive? Okay, and. The last time I was playing with the boy, I was trying to do the domly sort of, oh, so you're going to go to this event with this guy. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir, I am. Um, and I kept trying to put, the, oh, you know, are you going to be a good, are you going to fuck him? Are you going to be a slut? You know, trying to get, the, oh, no, sir, only for you, sir, only for you, sir. Mm -hmm. I got giggles instead. Oh. And... That got me to giggling. So it's not like the least sexy, but it's, it's kind of the difference between a boy and a submissive. From a submissive, that would have been like, how dare you? Right. From a boy, it's like, I'll fucking hit you until you stop giggling. And that mm -hmm. just made him giggle more. And I, it, it, there's an attitude of, um, it's just an attitude that you carry in. That this is, again. It's definitely it goes, different than a submissive. Yeah. But it, I, I had a lighthearted attitude about it. So it was a lighthearted thing. It's, it's what I expected. It okay. met my expectations. Okay. Um, and it was fun, right? The trick is I don't normally like so the normal shit, right? I don't mm -hmm. normally like this normal like this. Go into each situation as its own situation. Not what I'd want from a submissive, but is it what would I want from a boy? Apparently it is because I didn't feel offended. I didn't feel like how dare they not respect me or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know. It was okay. Was that related to this question? At Not all? at all, but somehow you got onto it. So whatever works for you. <laughs> whatever works for you. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, new subscribers to the podcast. So that was both questions? Yeah, that was both of them. Ah, not a whole lot going on with those questions. No, nope, not so much. How about this question then? Um, what? Oh, I didn't know this. Go ahead. Are you talking about the Reddit after no, dark question? No, the new subscriber. Oh, the, from the, the new subscriber, Thrifted Lux. 
from the crabby eastern shore of Maryland. How Dom, did I miss that? that do is, you know the crabby? I don't know. I may know them. I lived on the eastern shore for a very long time, you, which is why I moved. I have too much family there. Little did you know, Thrifted Lux was hanging Thrifted around. Lux. So Thrifted Lux, if you're listening, um, let's chat if you don't mind, because I'll be coming out there for a visit for a couple of days, probably in June. So I'm going to go visit um, Kaya up in where she's at for a weekend camping thingy. And then I'm thinking of driving down to Maryland to visit the family. Mm -hmm. So we shall see. So if you're listening to me, get up with me. Maybe we'll do coffee. Um, maybe they will. So and then or they might send you some old bay seasoning. See, I can do that's that too. A, that's an Eastern Shore. That Maryland is an Eastern thing, Shore folks. thing, and I tell you what, if you want to go to a crab shack or some sort of something like that, that'd be awesome too. So, and then we have Naughty from Atlanta, Georgia. Get your EA shout out. Head over to eroticawakening.com, and you'll find a link to the EA newsletter. Awesome. So, we also did something from Ask Reddit After Dark. We found a question. So I have a question. Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. this will be better than the... The truth ones. The truth ones, which really okay. didn't go anywhere. It really didn't go anywhere. All right. So the question is, do guys think... Do guys, not you guys. The first time I read it, I thought it said you guys. But it says, do guys think that oral sex is more intimate than regular sex? What do you think, Mr. Dude Guy over there? Well, I am a guy. Yes. Sometimes. Today. And <laughs> do I think that oral sex is more intimate than regular sex. So a couple things to unpack from that, and I'm, this is not going to be a long answer, but still, uh, for some reason, there's some kind of thing where good, you know, some, oh, I got that from that stupid movie. What was that stupid movie? Or not, it wasn't that bad a movie. It's just, it had Scarlett Johansson in it, but she wasn't really the star. It doesn't matter what the movie was. Um, there's this idea that a girl might you, you might be able to you know, have intercourse with a woman, but they won't necessarily give you head. You know, that's mm -hmm. a, a, kind of a dirty girl. Only dirty girls give head. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that's about. <laughs> I don't personally perceive things that way. Is oral sex, more, oral sex more intimate? No. It's hot, but not more intimate than yeah. pussies and vagina or uh, penis and vagina sex. I would say... For me, mm -hmm. both are intimate, but I would guess putting my dick in somebody is a more intimate act. Okay. So I wasn't sure where you were going to go with that. So Because I kind of see it as more intimate because yeah. their face is right in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. But if you're fucking and you're doing it in such a way, then you're eye to eye, right? And breathing each, breathing each other's breath. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's because my my background is that I've had a couple partners where we just kind of dated, where oral sex was kind of the thing that they would do oh, yeah. just to, as part of making out almost. Right. Kind of as a throwaway thing so that you wouldn't want to fuck them. Yeah. Um, for me, intercourse is more of a commitment almost. Uh, commitment's not the right word, but emotional commitment. Okay. It's challenging. What do you think? Think. It is challenging. <laughs> I think that's challenging. Don, did you know that the oral sex podcast is higher rated than Erotic Awakening? It probably is. It probably is. <laughs> We're not surprised by that. Head on over to the Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and take a moment to support the podcast. Or just tell your friends. 
So awesome. So I think we're getting ready to wrap up here, but I did want to mention some um, food on boobs, which you got, and some tentacles, which I got. I so, got the food snacks on boobs, goldfish, pretzels, red peppers, all on Cosmo Girls boobs. Thank you very much. Awesome. And that has been a while ago, but I don't think we've mentioned it. If we have mentioned it, now we've mentioned it twice. So, and then Ohio Hedgehog sent me some tentacles on the beach. So it was all these girls laying on towels, but there was tentacles coming up through the sand to pull them under or doing naughty things to them. So, and then I got a chance to explain my whole tentacle thing to people at the AIS meet and greet Friday night. And Father Michael found somebody that actually had a huge tentacle tattoo on their leg. Oh, yeah. So it was all wrapped yeah. around their leg, and they were wearing shorts. So he brought them over to me. Oh, and then was it Father Michael was showing me the, the Ava, Avi something you, where you inject alien eggs oh, yeah. into the woman. <laughs> what was it called? An ovul, Not an ovulator, but an ov, it had a P in there, I think. So, yes. But... It yeah. was, it's a sex toy. Yes. That you, it's a like dildo shaped, but yeah, it's a tentacle like dildo. Like a sleeve. Yeah, it's like a tentacle And you sleeve slide dildo. it inside somebody and you can force these ping pong sized eggs. Uh-huh. They're made out of gelatin. Into the person to impregnate them. So you have to lube up the eggs and shove them through the dildo yeah. sleeve and they'll deposit into the pussy. And because if, if the girl can't get them back out, they're made out of gelatin. So over time, they'll, they'll melt and dissolve. And yeah, so but that you seems so hot. That, that <laughs> I like the idea. Well, there you go. <laughs> Going all the way back to what was the last porn that you watched. Apparently, that was it. But that's hot. because And I'm trying to explain it to the guys. They're like, what in the hell? And I'm like, well, someone's got to be down there with the sleeve and depositing these eggs through uh-huh. the sleeve. It just feels all intimate and hot and and exhibitionist and and other people don't like it and I do and that makes it hotter well there you go <laughs> it's mine <laughs> on our interview today uh, Sir Luke and his Victor like we said we had a fantastic conversation with them around impact versus intent we went in there totally they were totally blind to why they were being interviewed at all we just said hey sit down for a second we got a microphone and they said okay but they know <laughs> us apparently they they trust us enough to do that we got to see them at the Power Exchange Summit just recently, but this podcast interview comes from Leather Leadership in Atlanta, Atlanta. and mm-hmm. I don't want to tell you too much about it because I'm going to be foreshadowing this great conversation. Listen to this. All right, so we are still here at LLC. Just did the closing ceremony, so lovely, lovely uh, speech that was given. So the keynote speaker, and I'll get the names for all of that later. But we are sitting here with Sir Luke and Victor. And um, Dan, what is the topic going to be? So we had, uh, during one of your classes, we didn't get to go to one of your classes, but one of the things they do here at LLC is they live stream so to speak, some of the comments. The comment from your class, if I remember correctly, was the, the, the impact is more important than the intent. Does that sound right? Or something okay. like that, yeah. yeah. So, so Dawn and I talked about that at lunchtime. And we talked about, and if you don't mind, I'm going to talk about one of the things that happened during the auction. Do you mind if I bring that mm-hmm. up? Yeah. Side note for our listeners, 
our guests have no clue what we're going to actually be asking <laughs> them right, about. Just <laughs> the end so. so Don and I were talking about that statement. And, and I said, oh, that's very wise. And Don says, is it? What about from this angle? What about from that angle? And so last night we said, what about this situation where an auctioneer is up on the stage and says da-da-da-da-da and refers to you as? Oh, madam or something. Madam. Yeah. yeah. And you said, uh, you mean sir. I, I go by sir, right? So their intent and the impact and da-da-da. So I want to come back to... Is the impact more important than the intent? Yes, for, for me it is. And there's another element to that too, right? The auction in particular, I was not afflicted by that because I was just making the correction and moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that for most people, when they have that situation where they have to make the correction, it's, it, it's something deeper. Right where where they actually are personally affronted or personally upset, and I moved past that many years ago, right? Um, in my transition, but for some people that are in the in the throes of it and in the wake of it, that can be really upsetting, right? So even though the intent is is not bad, for the person, it's that fact of after everything that happens, and then having to do the emotional labor of what happened there that the person who made the statement doesn't have to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so what I brought up yesterday, and, and I'm really interested in, in learning, you know, uh, your opinion on this, but what I brought up yesterday with Dan, the, the part I was saying on the opposite side was, aren't people responsible for their own emotions? So, like, we've been in 12-step um, programs for a long time, and one of the things is, is that you're responsible for your own emotions. So, if a person doesn't have bad intent... I'm not even sure I know how to word this. If the person doesn't have bad intent and you end up being offended, aren't you still responsible for your own emotions? I can be responsible for my emotions, but I can also so say so that their impact is, they can, they're not mutually exclusive. Okay. Mm-hmm. They can coincide, right? I can be upset by something, mm-hmm. and I could still say that you are responsible for the fact that you, that you made me feel upset. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to own my own emotions mm-hmm. and deal with the work in that. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a good person, for example, mm-hmm. then you're going to recognize that what you did had an impact, mm-hmm. right? And not okay. you not you as in you personally, but right, the right. general you. Sure. If you want to be a good person and, and you know, have real deep uh, relationships with people, mm-hmm. then you want to make sure that the impact you're having on them is positive. So that could be why you and I weren't, we were kind of like, eh, eh, you know, what about this, what about this? Because I'm thinking more of an either or. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. if it's, it's either this or that, you know, because I really believe people ha- need to take responsibility for their own, emo- or their own emotions because sure. otherwise you're creating victims, right? And people getting into victim mode. And I'm really mm-hmm. trying to talk people out of victim mode sort of thing, right? And then Dan would come up with something. I'm like, yeah, but I agree with that too. But if it's an either or, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's okay. not, and it's important to recognize that while there are plenty of earnest mistakes where people do a thing and the, the impact is still there, and it's relatively small because it's not a karate kick to make a crater, it's just a, a stumble. Um, but there are people who specifically take actions that are inflammatory and oh. do connect with harmful behavior, um, and then they do it deliberately to incite other people's emotions in the sense of gaslighting, and it really is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also a part of that. When someone says, hey, you've afflicted me or you've hurt me, and their response is, well, I don't give a damn, 
Or that wasn't, or, or conversely, yeah. that wasn't my intent. Well, so, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Um, you need to just grow a thicker skin in the context of, say, a marginalized community subjecting, being subjected to violence or discrimination. And this person is saying, well, they need to suck it up and take it. And that impact is very, very different because that means not only is this person hurt in the moment, but they're being ignored in a larger scale. And that's a bigger context of what when we say that is in reference to when we dismiss small actions that are um, allowing larger actions to take place, we are in a sense ignoring the realism of people having emotional states. And it's not so much about responsibility as much as knowing that our words have ramifications. And when we deliberately hurt people, that's also not acceptable. And a person shouldn't be, have to be made out of stone and be unemotional in order to be amongst people who should be allies and friends. Mm. And but here's where the language gets weird. You're mm -hmm. saying intentionality, which is a mm -hmm. form of the word intent, mm -hmm. right? So it's, here's something I heard the other day, is that someone did a thing and then they said, well, my intent was not to hurt anyone. And the mm -hmm. response was, ah, intent, red flag, right? Is intent always a red flag? When somebody apologizes saying, my intent was not, do you think, a better, aha, No, aha. no, there's a better, but there was, I, I would not say it's a red flag, but I would also say there's a better way to word your apology. Okay. Right? You could just say, wow, that really, that really sucks. I'm sorry for doing that. Mm -hmm. It's not about, because it's not about you, right? When someone's hurt by something you did, it's not about you. Uh, That's the fucking ding. That's the ding. That's the ding okay. that we weren't hearing before. Is because when I... Please finish. I just got all excited. <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Interview. No, we're about to <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Um, but it's that, it's that element of that we become defensive. Yes. And so we're, we're mm -hmm. thinking in ourselves, oh, but that wasn't my intent. And it's like, yeah, we know that, dude. We know it wasn't, but at the end of the day, this person's still hurt. So do you want to build a deeper relationship and mm -hmm. take, take ownership of that? Or do you want to cut them at the knees and, and say, well, fuck, that wasn't what I meant to do, so yeah. on the table. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like I said, it's not about you. It's about the fact that, that this person was hurt, that something happened that was hurtful, so let's fix it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think that's the ding, yeah. I think in the um, context of apologies in particular, if someone responds with, well, it wasn't my intent, it's almost sidestepping the accountability. And we need to make sure that we're holding each other accountable. And if so, if I do a thing and I go, crap, my intent was to do this, it's almost dismissing that the action has already been done. Like, I'm going to use another broad example. Say a surgeon is doing a quadruple bypass and the person passes in surgery. They're not going to go to the family and be, well, my intent was to get your family member back to you. So, yeah. They're still going to be devastated because of the consequences of these actions. All you can say actions. is, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the more appropriate response is, this is horrible and I'm sorry, and I'm going to do better next time, as opposed to... And it might also be that there wasn't even mm -hmm. a fault there. It might mm -hmm. be that the person was going to pass anyway. And in this, yeah. these cases... Having that in context, it might gray. be that, that something was going to happen anyway. And no matter whose intent was, there's no fault. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to feel guilty. It's just that let's, let's see what we can do to make it better next time, yeah. you know? That, yeah. that is actually a huge, for like Dawn and I, yeah. this light bulb so we're moment not of our be conversation. Arguing. We're not going to be arguing trying to convince each other of whatever on the way home tonight because <laughs> we were using the wrong language and knowing we were using the, knowing we were using the wrong language and trying to make different points, it was getting convoluted. So 
this very much simplified it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I like that. And just for fun, we'll tell you what we ended up with with our conversation. Yeah, sure. We had to throw away the word intent and impact completely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we in turn turned it to what is... And right speech. For, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sitting here wearing these little brownie robes here, right? <laughs> what is the right? What is right speech and what is right action? Right speech is to speak as compassionately as you can mm -hmm. and if you make a mistake to own that. Mm -hmm. Right action is don't worry about defending yourself. What is what can you compassionately do to assist mm -hmm. whatever That's is exactly, going yeah. on? That's yeah. exactly. We had to separate because we were stuck on that. Well, sure. What is this? What is that? And that's how it became a, a either or sort of thing. You know, mm -hmm. if if this is this, then that's wrong. Sort of. I was getting stuck exactly. in the black and white. And actually, and in not. general, um, they didn't quote me on this, but one of our biggest statements within our dynamic and within how we interact with people is that I don't like to look at things as right or wrong. I look mm -hmm. at them as effective or ineffective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can you can do things in a way that you think is the right way or the wrong way, right? And they might be effective for some people and for other people they might be ineffective. Mm -hmm. And we can extend that to most dynamic failures or, or disillusions, right? Where people are like, oh God, I did the wrong thing and that's why this sucked. No, maybe it's just that your style of mastery was not an effective style of mastery for this particular slave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I think it's also important to acknowledge that impact is also a flexible word. So impact can be something from, oh man, I can't believe that just happened. That's just really casual and it blows off to something that's huge. Like, I don't know Suicide. if I can... Uh, you yeah. know, yeah. drastic yeah. action or sense of safety, and that's mm -hmm. a scale. And frankly, those aren't necessarily correlation to the intent. Like my intent could be to make someone feel good, and they're like, "Meh." So poor Christmas gift, as an example, like, "Thanks, an avocado." Um, <laughs> or like, that is what it is. Or it can be the opposite, where we intend to do um, something negative, and the other person has no, there's no impact at all, because they're like. Whatever, yeah. I don't <laughs> care. Um, but those two things can cross over all the time as well, where they're not necessarily, well, I tried to do good and the impact was bad. You could do something where you tried to be bad and the impact was good, where we have experiences where people say or do derogatory things, and now we have whole classes to try to educate. So the, in, the impact was that there was good that came of it. And we try to not credit bad behavior for positive growth because mm. it almost encourages yes. people yes. to, yes. oh, well, I inspired them to do whatever. Mm. Yeah. But it's not really about that, um, and it shouldn't be the focus. Yeah. Um, but those two things can operate very independently of one another, and we have some control over what that does. Um, but I hate to say that people have to be 100% in control of their emotions all the time because, that, for me, that's a part of what makes emotionality amazing mm -hmm. is that, you know, we can cry at the thing on the TV that we weren't expecting or we can get angry when we see injustice. And if we were flatlined... I think that there's a difference between emotionality and what you do because of your emotionality. Yeah, we're still mm -hmm. def versus, definitely yeah, responsible versus. for our actions. Yeah. Um, uh, we always yeah. say that um, as a person with a mental illness, I don't get a pass because I have a mental illness. I'm still right. responsible for my actions. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely still for my own impact, you know, because we're all capable if it's a give and take. Um, but we don't get a pass because of X, Y, Z. If we hurt people, we need to recognize that. And I think if, that's if we want, if we want to yeah. do good, yeah. in, in quotes, right? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I love right speech. Right, that's that's mm -hmm. right on the that hits the nail right yeah. on the head. Yeah. Well, looks that's like we'll be teaching this class from now no. on. <laughs> no, 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 no. 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 Pass. We have our own shit to do. No. So fantastic! I very much appreciate that. This really came about, and for our our podcast listeners, 
here's what we normally do when we interview people. We suggest a topic and ask if they want to talk about it versus <laughs> sit down and listen and give us the right answer. And, and give us the did. right answer because we're like, we're not sure how to do this. And you guys, so can you counsel us and give yes. us some clues? And yes. you guys did that. We don't actually have the microphone on. This is for our benefit. No, no, no. We're just kidding. No. The, the neat thing about it is to recognize, and I like what you said, that you know, I, when we have negative impact or negative intent in our life, what can we do with that? I've got a really interesting situation myself where somebody says, Dan, you're a dick in a negative way. A lot mm -hmm. of people say that in a positive way. I don't know why. <laughs> say, we saw you do this thing, and so you must be a real jerk, right? And I've wasted a lot of time trying to convince them I'm not a jerk. When the reality is, okay, what is the non-jerky action that I could take about this. Mm -hmm. And it slowly bit in that, which I really don't want to start a new event for gosh sakes, but to recognize that sometimes that our best option is not to convince the person that says, no, fuck you, I'll call you her until I die, because that's the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's to let me create a class that says, this is why this is impactful, this is why mm -hmm. this is negative. Let me open up a line for people to say, have you been misgenderfied? I, me too. Yep. How can we help? And, that's, that's, and that sounds like what you guys are we're no, talking it's, about. it's huge. And a big part of when we talk about vocal activism, we recognize vocal that activism is so, so many sound. people aren't going to change. They don't want to change. They don't have an interest in listening. And so we're not really speaking to them. We're speaking for the people who don't have a voice, who can't argue with them, or who can't speak up for or themselves. Or we're talking to the people who don't have access to the education elsewhere, but they want to do better. Mm -hmm. right? We're not talking to the people who don't want to change, because they're not going to change no matter what you do. Yeah. And maybe and they just, will. And that, that's but just, but it, they're going to change on their own terms. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. We yes. can't make them do so. Yes. Yeah. But that person who needs to see that they're not alone, or that they're not wrong for being the way that they are, when they see that little Facebook comment of like, wow, you're really a dick for saying that about XYZ group of people, that person's gonna, wow, there are people like me. And that's really a big part of why that's relevant, because we see so much, and being so interconnected in social media in particular, I mean, comment sections we all know are dumpster fires, but people still go to them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I go just to say something positive because half the time it's a wall of really terrifying things on occasion. And I want somebody to see that good comment that there's somebody out there rooting for them. Yeah. And that's five seconds of my day that can give somebody that little thing that they need to hold yep. on to. And I, I think that's important that we all do mm -hmm. that because it's so easy to just be, turn a blind eye or go, oh, well, I don't want to get in a fight or I don't want to be that guy. Um, but it's important that we do, especially if we can. And it's not that people have to, but I always see it as um, if we have the opportunity to speak for people who can't, then we should. And not everybody has it. Not everybody has the spoons or the resources exactly. or an environment yeah. which they can be. I have friends who live with super conservative families where they just can't be vocal. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important that if we can, we do. Where do you think the, the community is at this point as far as, can you make it through an entire event without somebody fucking up? Like, um, in terms of assuming you're the leader of the power exchange relationship because <laughs> biomass-wise you have more of it. Or whatever it is, right? Have you get, are we to the point yet where... I think, I think in a broad stroke, we're always going to have assumptions that are incorrect. And to be honest... And I was saying this in one of our classes over the weekend, that we are in this fantastic state of growth. 
where we're growing faster than we know what to do with ourselves. And that's uh, a great... We're growing faster than our language can. It's yes. a great yes. problem to have. And we need to be both patient and recognize where we've come from and look towards our goals, but also recognize that it's kind of a mess in the middle. Um, none of us become experts at anything overnight, and failure is a way to progress. So it's about recognizing mistakes and missteps and allowing space for growth and knowing that mistakes are always going to happen because we're humans. And as we're, we're not shitty, horrible people because we make mistakes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, but I, I think that sometimes people will jump on and mm -hmm. latch on to that and, and vilify other people because mm -hmm. of making mistakes, honest mistakes, when those people will always be there to vilify people. But at the end of the day, what we can do is work on ourselves and do better for ourselves because we want to do good. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're all looking to be in a place where we can all be what we want to be. And I actually was saying this in our, our Beyond the Binary class on Friday, right? That's Friday. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were talking about the growth of language and the idea of, well, you know, I don't see gender or I don't see color. And for me, that's a great utopia to think about in the future where that's genuinely an earnest statement of it's irrelevant. I would love if we move to a point where we can acknowledge it, but it's not relevant to socio-economical um, socio status or ability to get jobs or how we're treated in the world at large. Access to education, access to all of tons these of things. resources. Um, yeah. But that they're still there, that we're not homogenized into, you know, a gray, flat world where none of that exists, where we're all existing in this vibrant, interconnected, diverse environment where it's not a topic of discussion anymore. But we're not there yet. And I think some people want to get there so bad that they're kind of forgetting that we're in the middle of the fight, so to speak, right now. Um, but we're getting closer. And every time we make a positive connection, we're getting that one step little, closer. So little things, particularly at events with assumptions and all of that good stuff. Um, little things at events, like people asking permission to give a hug or asking people what their pronouns are, things like that. Those things matter because that actually changes the culture. When mm -hmm. everyone's doing it, it's starting to change the culture. It becomes a cultural norm, which yeah. actually makes it normalized that we stop those assumptions mm -hmm. right before they begin. It's being proactive versus reactive. So mm -hmm. it just it reminds me of a story of you gave somebody blanket permission to hug me. And they're like, no, I'm still mm -hmm. going to ask every time when people are around. Because exactly. that sets the expectation. And oh, don't still yeah. ask for a hug when you're friends. And, and that was kind of yeah. neat. And it, is, it was the appropriate thing to do. I, I was trying to set the social expectation that you were a slut. And that may not have been <laughs> the right way to go. But damn it. Yes. I missed that one. Okay. Missed and and y'all can still have the interpersonal relationship, and that's what's great about it. But right. when but the new public, as leaders and people who are being looked at and watched, whether yes. we want to be or not, if I walk up to you and go, hey, can I give you a hug? And your response, yeah, thanks so much for asking. And we share a great hug. The you 10 just, people who just yep. saw it are like, man, they had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. do that too. And yeah. I will say even in the past several years, I've seen hugging in particular. Mm -hmm. It's now normal to ask for touches and hugs. When I first came we in, struggled. We struggled with that when very, we started our master slave dynamic. It was, not the yeah. it was not the primary method. It was, oh, well, I've seen you and we've talked, so I would yes. like to hug you. Oh. And it, the intent, again, was good. <laughs> But we were perpetuating a culture where some people didn't want to be touched and it made them uncomfortable. So now that we can do that, we're changing the scene a little bit at a time and it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Even if I have blanking consent to hug you, how, it's not hard to say, hey, I, can I? Mm -hmm. And you know, you do the arms out and you wait yeah. for the, the consent and you do the things. And if not, they're like, hey, cool, awesome. Yep. I hope you're having a great day. Um, and it's about making positive reinforcement rather than 
at least for us, we try to do the positive reinforcement rather than the, you didn't ask to hug me and I can't stand you and yeah. you're terrible. Mom, <laughs> uh, like that shit down too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we so, got it recorded. You don't have to read oh, it down. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for, thank again, you for having I us. really want to be yeah, honest thank you. Uh, with our audience. We legitimately sat here and did not tell you what the topic <laughs> was. Yeah. And it's clear that you guys are super passionate, not only skillful at speaking about it, but passionate about it. Indeed. And that's a wonderful, that. powerful combination. How can people find you so that they can have longer ninja conversations like this when you're yeah. not expecting <laughs> it? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so and you guys teach, tell us what classes you taught at LLC this so week. So we taught Beyond the Binary and then Intersectionality or Get the Fuck Out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are the two that we taught this weekend. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Sir Luke and His Victor. That's our page. And then we also each have Fat Life. So my boy has um, his Fat Life. It's underscore Victor. And then mine is Mr. BB Wolf. Nice. Which has yeah. its own story. <laughs> Which has its own story. <laughs> well, but... All right. Thank you very much for being Thank on you. the podcast, guys. Very much appreciate it. Thank you so much it. for having us. Uh,